0: We are talking about star seeds and chances are very probable that if you are listening to this or were intrigued by this topic of conversation, indeed, in fact, you are a star seed. We are going to be talking about a star seeds journey in this episode and how so many are awakening to the language of light. And this is universal light. It carries energy with us. It connects to our DNA. And we're going to learn all about it with my next guest, who is so connected with her inherited Pleiadian energy that she uses this with her clients. And she's here today to assist all of us as well, talking about the various star nations. Eva Marquez is with us. She's a spiritual counselor, healer, and a teacher, and the author of many books that remind us of our starseed heritage. Eva, hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Quantum Conversations.
1: Oh, Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: I am... So patient in bringing you on this episode. I discovered your work earlier this year. It was about six months ago, actually. And it's just been so fascinating. I mentioned that you really utilize your inherited Pleiadian energy. And oh my goodness, look at your beautiful photo. We can see the Pleiadian heritage within you. Oh, can thank you, you? Yeah. I mean, you emanate Pleiadian, absolutely. So share with us how you came into this awareness in your lifetime.
1: All right. Well, it was a little bit longer journey. As many stars are thinking, uh, what can they relate to that we were born with this energy? And uh, it just takes a longer journey to really discover what it is about us and where do we belong to. So I spent about first my 28 years of my life being very afraid of all of these energies and everything around me and I thought I'm quite odd or very different than the others and could not really relate to anything and anyone I was just trying to be normal, which wasn't working out great for me. So then I embraced the different normal, starting to look into that I am a healer and there's the energy that I sense and overcoming the fears. And it was when I, it was after I embraced the journey of really overcoming to be afraid of everything. When one day I read a book, I had a friend who suggested to read a book open to channel by Sanaya Roman, a wonderful book I would recommend to anybody. And I started to do exercises and one day I was, it wasn't really working that well for me, (laughs) but one day. I was washing dishes and then there was this presence of a male energy standing beside me and suddenly I hear in my head, Kenyu and Pleiades. And I was thinking, well, Kenyu, that must be the name of my guide. Finally, I connected with my guide, everybody talk about it, finally it's happening to me. And Pleiades, I had this moment of the emotions sort of swirling over me, but, but if or not, I didn't know what Pleiades was. So I went and I Google it, and this would be about, I don't know, 13 years ago, and it doesn't seem such a long time. And I would Google it, and then it comes to Seven Star Sisters, and I started to cry and feeling like, oh my God, this is it. It was that aha moment when it clicked. It didn't completely think that I'm a Pleiadian, that took a little bit longer to embrace and believing truly in it, that this is who I am and that I feel comfortable with it that that's that's how I discover it
0: absolutely beautiful here, you first overcame your fears, and that really is the prerequisite in working with the higher realms. You said you were afraid of this energy for your first 28 years, and you did overcome the fear. How would you detail the energy that made you fearful of it? Are there any experiences now, in hindsight, looking back, episodes in your life, and what was it that made you fearful of the energy.
1: Well I think it was a it was a combination of the past lives sort of coming back here and uh let's say with this. When I was about two years old because it starts somewhere there, I consciously electrocuted myself, which sounds really weird, but as a little kid I would feel this electricity running through the wall and I was very feeling that I I have to put the needles in the electric outlet and electrocute myself. And I think that was my sort of opening the connection to the other side. That because of that accident, it never, never really closed for me. I think it was a very consciously planned by my soul before coming here. Of course, my mother was very unhappy about it, but nothing really happened to me. And just left that connection open. So it left the connection open very fully to be connected to wonderful energies that would come as a feeling of the light and traveling in the universe, which, of course, I did not have a vote for it. But I could also feel the dark side, and especially dark side in humans. So the biggest, I would say, my lesson in my life was the dealing with my stepfather, who was very abusive and very controlling, very difficult man. But I would walk by the people, and I would feel what they feel, the secrets that they would have, the dark secrets they don't talk about. I would know which people would commit suicide. I would sense the, the spirit. I would not see the energy. So as I grew older, I would just have these feelings that I could not explain. My grandparents live. I was born in Czech Republic, and my grandparents live in the boards where the Germans used to live and they had to move by the end of the World War II to the Germany. And so my grandparents live in the house that used to belong to German people. And there was a lot of unfair energy. There was a lot of energy, of course, from the World War Two And there were some people who passed there. There was a farm who passed away. So I would feel all of this. There would be places I would not go. And I, as I grew older, of course, you know, I would... It was uh, not well received by my family, but nobody could really understand me, and I would be very fearful. And I started to create what I think most of us do create, our own monsters that would protect us in a way to be in that that we survive, we don't go into these places. So there's this energy that wants us awakened awaken so much. And there's this energy that wants us to slow down and don't really go there because we have experienced some horrible things that happened to us in the past life. And as many seeds did experience, horrible things would happen in this lifetime because it's a very common awakening thing. The abuse, the trauma, the horrible life situations that serve as our triggers. So all of these energies that you could not see and would have been, I'm sorry, unseen, there goes my English, would combine together something that I could not explain. And I could not find the people who, you know, would say, hey, I'm like that. It just wasn't that.
0: What a fascinating story. I want to go back to when you say you electrocuted yourself. What was that like? I mean, you were two years old, so of course you don't remember it, but what did your mother say happened to you? Was it just like you stuck your finger in a socket mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know, sparked and you got brown? Or did you go unconscious with that?
1: Okay, now there goes a funny part of it. I remember it all. You do. I, I actually have a very conscious memory since probably I was in a crib and, ah. and, uh, so my mother was divorced, we were living just together and she likes to she liked to knit. So she would knit a lot. And I would walk by the wall in the hallway and I would feel the how the electric outlet, I guess the wires runs in the wall and it would be like a line and I would go in and feeling with my hands. Then I would go in her basket and tuck the knitting needles. Now in the Euro we didn't have this protective outlet that you cannot stuck anything in it. They were kinda round and Very well work for me. So I would put the boat needles there. Uh I got the electric shock. I fell. And I would be hovering about my body, Look at my mother. She would, you know, run there, scoop me up, get me on the bed. And she gave me a pacifier, something that she really was trying not to give me. And I was quite happy about a pacifier at the moment. Uh And But as soon as I recovered, I went and I did it again, Lauren. And... It really didn't click with me until not really long ago when Pleiadian says, look, that, that's really what it happened. That's what we plan." And so I electrocuted myself twice. I just was unconscious for a little bit. Nothing really happened to me. It just, I think, opened that doorway. And then when I hear the story of the other people, there are some triggers like that. I mean, Nikola Tesla had been struck with a lightning <laughs> and then the things mm-hmm. started happening. And uh, with me, was this way, and then really just knowing the people for who they are and feeling them empathically very strongly. So that's that's what happened.
0: Well, thank you for explaining that. And now you help those who are leaving the planet and those who are in deep despair, and you really lift them up. Let's talk a little bit more about the energy that you can feel, and then we'll move into star seeds. So, you have this connection, it opened this channel. So, when you were learning as well to mm-hmm. channel, you said you felt the male energy around you, yes. and then later discovered. Uh, Pleiades And mm-hmm. what they were all about, the Seven Sisters, and 13 years ago was right in that window of 2012. Actually, it's before that window, but there was a lot going on yes. at that time frame, especially if it was around... 2005 even yeah. 2001 right yeah. after 9/11 there was a good yeah. awakening there and we're gonna talk about it but that really is the star seeds awakening as well yeah.
1: yeah you can get the chills when you speak of the 911s because I was uh, I came to the US in 98 so it happened a little bit after and I remember to watching it on TV and right after was the John Edwards shows you know the crossing over a little bit after that I was like oh my god. This is why I'm here. This is what I have to do. But that was a huge shakeup that the life is just, this is not what we want to have here. And uh, we come here for the experience. And we have to make the best out of the experience and help one another and make this world a better place. There's no need of any more those huge triggering awakening if we can get ahead of them. There doesn't have to be all this suffering and the fears. And that was one of the reason why when I was, you know, sitting there with the guys, I was like, okay, I want to be in a service and I want to help all those people who going through, I was going, who going through these terrible sufferings and help the families because how, how terrible it is that somebody pass away and you never can connect that you believe you never can connect with them again. And I think that many stars who eventually connect to the guides and to Pleiadians and the other star nations goes through this spirit communication and communicate in the spirits and are in a service to help the families and others to find their loved ones and know that they are perfectly fine on the other side, but that there are other ways how we can awaken.
0: I love how you explain that, getting ahead of this shift, really getting ahead of it. It does not have to be uh, a catastrophe, and it begins with being in divine alignment. We've talked about that a lot on this program. Yeah. So let's move now into the topic of star seeds and the star seeds journey. We have been talking about this awakening of the starseeds and how we recognize ourselves. And you have written several books. And it's a starseed guide. And and they talk about all the other um, Andromeda, Pleiades, Sirius. And this information comes to you and you share it in these guides. How did you get this information? Did you channel this?
1: Yes, it is a part of the channeling and part of the research from my readings I do. So it really started as a psychic development readings when I started to do readings.
0: Personal readings. For people. Personal
1: readings, yes. Uh-huh. So I think, again, there's that evolution of a journey when you start. I can read the cards. I think I can communicate with spirits. Let's do this. And then it evolves from it. So I was doing readings just the readings connect with the other side for people. And there was this one gentleman who was really wanted to work on his psychic abilities. And that's where the Pleiadians came in and they're like, well, let's work on the psychic abilities. They go much more further than you are thinking about it. There are these Pleiadians who have this kind of the abilities and the Andromedians and the information started to coming real fast. And they... My guide it was first Kenyu that I worked with, and then he introduced me to the group of the guides, which comes from all the star nations, which I call the lights of the universe. And they started to suggesting to write to notes. I wasn't always listening as well. I had my stubbornness that I dealt with as well. And so when I would not write it down, I would have my clients writing and reminding me okay can you summarize the session can you write about it so i started to make little files but what was more fascinating after you know many readings i have done that there was similarity and i could easily just feel the energy imprint of the people and i would see similarities like and for example andromedian star seeds 90% of andromedian star seeds do have a back injury which is really interesting, there's something going on with the spine, either car accident or some really, really bad accident, but majority of it boils down to the back injury. Versus Pleiadians are more, uh, abused and especially emotionally abused. And, or the Pleiadians like the dog, Syrians likes the cat. It's about 90% accuracy, but I thought that's quite high accuracy. So I started to sorted it took me a few years honestly it wasn't really something that I have written in a you know you sit down and channel the 50 pages in the matter of two days it took me about three to four years to do the my readings and pull it together personalities just the second one deliverance came real fast but I was deliverance was first file that I wrote about but I could never pull it together and by the end of it they told me well you had to go through your ego transformation and write without judgment about lyrants because there's quite a lot of to take in. And, but that's how it really have happened. So it is the channel information from the reading combined with my personal research from my clients and pulling it all together.
0: You remind me of Dolores Cannon, who in her hypnotherapy sessions, that was what revealed how the universe works as well and so you have done this with your own personal research and the readings that you do and it comes after three to four years in the trenches really yes. so isn't it fascinating right without judgment yes. yes and that's another advancement of your own evolution as the guides told you your ego transformation yeah so well it's very fascinating so let's talk a little bit then about, so for our listeners to understand how they would recognize this within themselves, you know, as we talk about mm-hmm. this, I'm sure people have a little bit of various star nations. So can you see that we do come from one primarily or we come from many
1: so it depends. There are star seeds who come just from one star nation, and they usually feel very strongly about if that's just the Pleiadian or Lyran or Syrian. And there's usually this one focus that you have, and you 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 you're going for it, and you don't really have as much of needs to change. Let's say the Pleiadians, many Pleiadians do become um, healers or really psychic. They are soul healers. They may be great psychiatrists or psychiatrics and psychologists and really take that tone. Of course, it can be applied in any kind of the occupation versus the hybrids, which I call the hybrids, would come from various star nations. So the hybrids would be, let's say, the mother would be Pleiadian, father would be Syrian, bringing that soul together. So there will be Pleiadian, Syrian, soul coming together, Lyran, Syrian, and that would create a hybrid. Hybrid means that you have a uh, more abilities than just one. There is something that I call energy power center within the body, which would be your strongest receiving and giving energy center. So with Pleiadians, for example, is in heart chakra. And that feeling with heart, living with heart, receiving, giving with heart is the strongest way. It is much more stronger than just a chakra. It's like connection to your homeland. So... Syrian and Pleiadian Syrians have the third eye. They have that wisdom connection to the akashic records, really feeling connected to the shamanic journey and become the teachers and writers, and that would be that third eye. So those would have a two energy power center: the heart and the third eye. Now, in the beginning, I was thinking, "Oh my God, isn't that better to be one way or the other way?" And my guide said, "Well, calm down. There's no better or worst." You all have a mission and there's no that is one more advanced than the other. You can go and you can land. So in a, sometimes it's for our humans star seed, it may present a little issue that you don't know, you know, is that my third eye? Is my heart? How I'm going to work with it versus if you know just the heart, it's maybe a little bit easier to focus on. But there is something what I also call a DNA bit influence or that's, I think, what many of us went to practice living in different planets. And you would have an influence from it. So you can learn about the abilities as well. So let's say it's like you would go and live a few years in China. You will get an imprint of the Chinese culture within you. So that way you go and you live a few years in Andromeda, um, Arcturus, Orion, and you can learn about the energy and utilize it as well. That is what majority of our stars have done because they didn't come here just, you know, come here. We have had very colorful, abundant, various life in the universe, and we are naturally like to land because that's why we originally disconnected from source we wanted to learn more and more things so we went to these more planets and learn more and they came down to earth and somehow we forgot what all we have learned and we're trying to remember and it's a little overwhelming and scary but yeah so there go back to your question i'm sorry i get carried away sometimes
0: Oh no, let's we're going to get to more of the descriptions of each of these yeah. star nations, but I do just want to speak to to more of about how star seeds when we lived on other planets and that energy was imprinted on us. I would think that is why so many of us as little children would look at the world and just know uh for example, if something was happening in the environment, even a bulldozer digging in the earth or uh machineries with the black smoke spewing out, we would just know that that was wrong, right? There something about that was just wrong and we would recognize that. And that would be a sign of this remembrance as a as a young one of those other planets that we lived on wouldn't you say that earth is one of the toughest if not the toughest oh, in our universe yes
1: uh, whenever i sit with it it is a tough place to be it truly truly is for a while i used to call it a boot camp and i think as many stars i went like oh my god faster i can get out of here the faster i'm, I'm out and just go but it is a pleading says that the earth is a learning place We wanted to come here, we wanted to learn about all these emotions, and we have, and now it's our job to help the others to understand it, so we can free ourselves from it. But it is also a gift, to really look how, you know, how we're relating to it. It is a gift of the human body, that was something that we truly wanted to experience, to have a body, and to have a physical body. I know that you know many of us now want's like, I cannot wait to be in the light body and don't have this and don't have to deal with aging and diseases and illnesses and everything. But we designed the body, which I think we truly designed, it wasn't just here. And learning, functioning in that body is a tremendous gift. Sometimes I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, imagine that we now just... You know, right now you and I, we wake up somewhere 1000 years ago and back in the past. And we just have to make the best out of that life because we don't know how to go back. So in a way will be a gift of a learning and we would have to make the best out of it. So we can speed up somewhere else. So it is our experience and it is not a punishment to be here. There, they want us to be happy. They want us to find the joy. And obviously there is many pathways to life for other people because once you ascend, you would not have to come back. And one of the things I truly believe that we as a star seeds, whoever listening today, whoever is in this age when we truly believe, okay, we are here, we have to make a change. Every single of us have ascended before. Every single of us have reached that Buddha or Christ state. And it was like we climb on the top of the mountain. And we really, really, really wanted to be there. Then we were there and we look at back and we says, you know what? I'm just not ready yet. And we could go. There was nothing to hold us back. And we could go and we says, okay, I'm going to go through the forgetfulness again, but I'm going to get myself, especially in this lifetime or, or you know, our lifespans, like let's give ourselves as much triggers. It's a nice, beautiful, polite word. <laughs> To say as much as we can. So we will remember how we stood on the top of the mountain. And now we can download it all. Get all that extraterrestrial energy. Get all the energy from the earth that we have sealed it here. Literally with our blood. And utilize it. Move this place to somewhere in that next next stage.
0: That is so beautiful and very inspiring because... This is a great time to really, truly get over our own fears and step it up. Okay, so Eva Marquez, you have spent time in personal readings with people, learning about the Star Nations, and some similarities came up. And you mentioned a few of them from an overview on the various types, let's talk a little bit about the Syrian and the Lyran, or share your perspective of human migration across the universe from what you've gathered in your personal research.
1: Okay, so it all really started with the human migration, I believe, started with Lyran's, because Lyran's are the most close to our look, I think our beliefs, the lyrics says that they literally have been like us. They've been seeded like us and they grew as we are growing now. They grew into the evolution or that stage and, uh, stage of the technology and they were not really careful about it. But that is, you know, the story goes long, long time ago before even our place here started or earth would be formed as a earth, but the life would not still be here as we know. And so eventually, make the long story short, Lyrens self destruct themselves. So I see the Lyrens as a two kinds of the people. The feline star nation, which is well known, which look cat like, tiger like, that's feline. But like they were more spiritual. And the Lirens beings or Lyrance human alike, they would be more technological. They says that it would be those felines who would be more into technology and deliverance. The human look like would be more into spirituality. And they live very much in a peace and intertwine together. But when the destruction came, which came from the technology, and because they outsourced their mind to the uh, computers and the technology, there is a big warning that I think many of us do receiving lately. Technology is not bad, but it has to be used in a very positive and loving way. And uh, it's not unavoidable, and we all enjoy technology, but it has to be used with care. And I think there's quite a lot of warnings in the channeling that come after that. But leave that alone. They eventually migrated naturally into other planets, especially uh, Pleiades and Andromeda. But when the planet self-destructed, they had to evacuate and they have to get on the ship and evacuate as many People, as many beings as they could. Not everyone was saved, but that's, uh, that's in the Liren chapter described. That's why I had to write it without the judgment. So there's absolutely no judgment. And I always says there are good and bad people. There are good and bad beings and everybody has chance to change and they have changed dramatically. Many as any another star nations changed dramatically. You will find the bad Pleiadians as well. I bet you that one. And so they move into the planets and one big planet that they move was the uh or one big movement which is very important was the centaurus, Alpha Centauri. And that's where the DNA um uh, uh DNA experiments would start. But we'll go into that a little bit later. In the meantime, Pleiadians have now because in the meantime, I'm sorry, I want to say that all this have been done with a positive agreement from the Council of the Light. Not movement, or, or you know, they didn't invade anybody. They sort of went to the Council of Light says, "Look, we really messed up. We have a problem. We need to go back where, where we can move." And they've been received very well, and they saw that they want to change, and that they want you know to live more naturally and in a not just how far we can get and how far we can outsource our minds. And in the meantime, the Pleiadians designed the experiment Earth, which would be first Lemuria. And in the probably halfway of the Lemuria, lyrans did join them in coming in the experiment of the Lemuria. And that's how they literally got to the Earth. Now, Platon always says that the Lemurian and Atlantean civilization have been extraterrestrial civilization and was supposed to stay extraterrestrial civilizations without genetically modifying any animals or any beings or anything that have been here on the Earth, that have been prior created of of the incoming here. They were very much just interested in the energy Effect on the body, on the soul. They wanted to feel how this feel in the body. What it is about the soul that can make you feel so negative? What is it about this duality of this earth? What is it that you may feel so bad about here? That was actually an exciting experiment, believe or not. Hmm. But it's I know when we look at it, <laughs> I sometimes <laughs> I was like, what were we thinking? Why yeah. we didn't go, you know, to something more exciting? But that. Was exciting. It was exciting to feel how it would be to have a feathers and be like a bird or be like a dog. It was just something that we have never experienced. You know, imagine that you go to some fancy restaurant. It is that food that looks the most delicious, and you just cannot resist to taste it. I suppose that's how we can compare it. It's different to have a bite of the food and put yourself into the dog body, but it has a different consequences. And, uh, that's how we really came to the earth. And somewhere in the half of the Atlantis, we started to create, we started to create a human, human beings as we know. I coming to this conclusion, that's actually my recent channelings, which I'm compiling for the next book, is that Originally, you know, we needed some compounds of the DNA to create body, to be here. And I think in that Lemurian energy and half of the Atlantinian energy, we use only natural resources as a tree, plants, literally a plant DNA would sustain our body. We would take, you know, piece of their piece of our DNA and create a physical vessel that could be here and would survive. It would not be much different as let's say that today we can go and, you know, live on the Mars as we're planning to expedition on the Mars. If our scientists would have that DNA information, how to tweak the body so they can survive there without oxygen mask and can grow some food from the dust that is out there, I think they would not think twice to do it, right? So in a way, we have done a very similar and same thing here on the Earth. It was in about the half of the Atlantis when the experiments went a little bit further than we wanted to go, and we started to experiment with the animal DNA. The animal DNA is what today human body is made from. It is made from the extraterrestrial DNA and the animal DNA, and that's, I think, we totally underestimated the animal DNA and the effect what it's going to have on us. And
0: As we evolved, and we love that topic of Lemuria, and the Hindu Vedics also Mm -hmm. share this story of humans literally coming from the sun, through the sun, through Venus, through our sun, and into Earth in Lemuria and taking form. And it was quite an etheric form. And so now you said... By the Atlantean times, our physical bodies are what they are today. And I love that you did mention without genetically modifying any of it. And look at what we're at today with that, Mm -hmm. again, technological presence. But I know so many are on to this non-GMO um, yes. trend, and that's that shows the importance of that. So you said the animal DNA, we are a mixture mm-hmm. of animal DNA with extraterrestrial DNA, mm-hmm. and you said we won't know the significance of that. Can you expand a little bit more on that?
1: Well, the significance of it, I think we didn't realize that the animal DNA has so much of anger, and there's that fight for the survival. It's all those low kind of the energy, you know, if you look at the animal kingdom, it's all about the survival and the fears, intimidation, the anger. And that is the those are the energies that really raise in these days, you know, the very primitive energy. Um does that make a sense? There was this a friend of mine Let me tell you a quick story. She went for the vacation to Alaska and she likes to bring these little stones and there was this piece of the bone from the mammoth that she brought on a few months ago. So we would meditate with it and we would see this very primitive culture of the um, ape man who would be living there and there was no there was no extraterrestrial energy in them, with them, don't know how to describe it and it was very fascinating and then I had this vision of this, you know, the Darwin evolution. My guide's coming and the kind of showing it. they says, there was a life when you came here. You just were not mingled with it. It was more in the animal nature. So we would take it and then we would take, you know, a piece of the, I don't know, the dog and the bird and the the DNA, put their extraterrestrial DNA and mix. And then every, that energy that was here and did not naturally evolve yet. Because let's say hypothetically, if we if would not touch any life here and we we'll let it naturally evolve, they may have evolved into extraterrestrial ability beings. We just speed up the process by tweaking and using the different DNAs and merging it together. In a way, like today, we would take the corn, right? We DNA modify it and then we think, wow, it's amazing. There's no, there's no pest, uh, there's no this, you know, the, the pet- what you call those little yes yeah yeah those little things that eat it and there's no mildew but what it does to our the track, digestive truck is just unspeakable it's just slowly killing us just eating it like that and so when we adjusted the dna there what we didn't know is what it does to the psyche i would say that we may go we may have Help to go insane quite a few souls because they were not ready for such they were not ready for such evolution and they also were not ready to handle all these informations that they suddenly were were, um, were open to because still in like half of the Atlantis even you know when we create this, what we would call the beans and they become the slaves they were still open to all kind of the information. It's not like today we are cut out of it.
0: Very interesting point that you made there. I've known several women in my personal life who have a diagnosis of mental illness or bipolar, and they had an experience with the energy. And so that's like what you're talking about. They, they can't handle it. They don't. It's like they're having an awakening, but they're not aware of it. So this is the animal DNA
1: versus yeah.
0: the extraterrestrial DNA that is waking them up to it?
1: Yeah, and it's happening too fast. Like, let's say if you do, this is interesting what you mentioned, if you work with anybody who has an autoimmune disorder or who has, like you says, you know, has some psychological disorder, we try to do the healing, but the healing has to go and sort of, you have to win the nervous system on your side and you really have to suit the nervous system and help it that it's very, very, very safe. It takes in many sessions, it takes a long time to get that nervous system and just the soul and the person trust you but get that nervous system to suit down and then you slowly can increase and look into the, you know, the healing can come in a very slow places. And So there is a similarity and it's coming up rather fast now for us to see, um, how that soul remembers how I went insane, literally how, you know, how it was overwhelming. And that's, yeah, that's what it is happening.
0: And sadly some would get misdiagnosed with bipolar or even children with ADHD.
1: Yes. That is sad because it's misunderstood only.
0: It is misunderstood. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you for your work that you're doing because you really do assist with this and you do use your inherited Pleiadian frequencies to assist. Let's talk a little bit about the light language coming in. We have definitely had reports of people speaking it. Some do not know what they're doing or what is happening. Others are practicing and speaking light language or writing it or painting it or singing it or just doing it in the air. You have learned about this yourself. So talk about what's going on here with light language. It is multidimensional.
1: It definitely is. It is the language of our soul, something that we remember from the time before we came on earth. So here it is how Pleiadians explain to me the language of light. They says that eventually we all, everybody, doesn't matter how far evolved the Pleiadians are ahead of us or any other star nations where we are today, we all came from that one source that we can call Creator, God, but that one energy that has no male, female. When you are there, there's no need for any words, color, anything. There's just peace, eternal peace when we are with one and we don't need anything. But once, and it's a natural, I would say it's a natural cycle, what happens over and over, and we slowly disconnect, and we get that exciting place, and we, we needed some kind of the communication and that's where language of light literally evolves from, from that feeling. Oh, I feel love. I feel this movement and this. And then you go a little bit lower and you are introduced to colors and we all get excited about all these colors and then the talk pattern comes. That's all combined in the language of light. Then you go a little bit down and you reach you reach this place of when you start forming the words and we want to communicate, we want to tell each other about all this experience of what we had that's still in the universe. And then we reach this place where I feel that a Syrian is a, a serious Syrian's word, word It's like a gateway to the language of the numbers and sacred geometry. So here come this very intuitive sort of fluffy love language and it starts mingling together with the very logical, very technological language of the numbers and geometric shapes. And we know when we look at the Earth, it says that a God or the Creator has been mathematician because when you look at a Fibonacci sequence and a pi number and adding the numbers, you know, back together and taking them apart, we can speak only in the numbers and we don't have to speak in another language and we can explain literally... Everything of the logic, what has a logic, not what has a feelings. But so this logic combined into the language of light. That's why many people today, when they are introduced, you know, when they are open to the language of light, they see these geometric shapes and numbers and they want to draw it and express it anyway. And that is absolutely right and correct. So then they brought it with us on Earth. When I awakened the language of flight, it was like this memory and when usually when you, when you remember, you go through this like, oh, big cry, but it's such an emotional cry. It feels like, oh my God, I see, oh, I remember something that I thought I never ever gonna remember that emotional, you know, like having a good, good piece of the pie what your grandma used to make and you thought you're never gonna have it again. And, uh, obviously I like food. I like comparing everything to food. <laughs> and... Uh, and so we spoke it in Lemuria, we spoke it in Atlantis. And then at the time of Mesopotamian time, um, time of the uh Sumerian times, when the story goes that the um, Tower of the Babel was built and was destroyed, the languages were confused. And there is something about the last time when it was really scattered and split into many languages.
0: Uh, that's a very interesting point. I've never realized that, but it always made us wonder about the languages. Even when I was a little kid, I did wonder, how did there become so many different languages? And that did lead me to the story of the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. And here you go, Lemuria, in Lemuria, and Mesopotamia, we spoke it. and so, And that did it to scatter. It scattered the languages. Who did that? The dark forces...
1: I don't necessarily think it was a dark forces. What I believe happened in Mesopotamia oh, again, I understand from Pleiadians, what happened there was that it went a little bit further more. See, by the end of the Atlantis, we knew that the things go really wrong. We self destructing ourselves here, and it splits into the dark, the sons of Belial's, and the children of the Law of One, and a lot of went into that uh, Sumerian times. I would say there would be split between the half and half, the dark one and the light ones. And some of them were just really involved in the gold mining and that was very that time when the human slavery was at its heaviest. And there were the, those who believed that they can help them and correct them and teach them that it doesn't have to be this way. However, this, we can call them the star seeds or the humanists that have been created. They wanted to evolve as well. Suddenly they had all the uh, ancient knowledge. And it says that the Tower of the Babel actually has been a spaceship they've been creating to go somewhere else. And even all these beings who have been here, who we call the gods, which we know as just the extraterrestrial beings, they had the hierarchy about them. Let's say the Council of the Light. And I think that the Council of the Light says, hey, you need to clean up a little bit. That's just a big mess. Look what you have done it's, uh, let's, what we gonna do with them? They really are not ready to go up into the universe because they're gonna destroy ourselves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here for a little bit. One thing, you know, when people ask, well, can the Pleiadians take me and put me up on the ship? And the Pleiadians says, well, we're never gonna do it and take you out there on the other planet until you learn to live in a peace on your planet. Why would we bring you to any another place? And that's done really with love. How we would bring you to any other place in the universe that you start into claiming this is mine, I'm gonna destroy this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Until we learn. they, you know, they have an intention to come and teach us, but they don't have a intentions to put us in the spaceship and carry us anywhere else. So in this in a way the same story happened, it's like, you know, let's just stop here and we have to and I think these beings who have been here they had a choice either to kill the whole humanity, there comes the um Noah and his story of the forty days flood, or save them and give them the chance to evolve. And I do think that these extraterrestrials did love humans. Uh not all of them did, but there were a good chunk of them that really did and they says, you know what? Let's give them a chance. They're gonna we have to give them the chance to evolve on their own and then we have to confuse this. And of course the negative ones survive as well and then started to control in us by the by the fears. That's the main controlling right component to if you are afraid and you have scarcity and so much on you are very easy to control. And so it has been done from the both ways. When we, it, it has been done with a chance for all those who have been created to learn and to evolve that they can become the gods, but they have to take the genuine journey. And that's why really we stood here to teach them. So there's a big lineage that went into the Egypt. Egyptian is very well known lineage, right? The master taught, built the pyramids and so much on. And what we know from the Egypt uh, is that we create mystery schools. No one, see, after the Atlantis has been destroyed, there has been change into information, how it's been introduced to everybody, because to avoid that insanity, what was happening with the fast, it's like, you know, like fast, John, you to the fuse, you fry yourself, you go crazy. So we will teach you and you're gonna increase in little parts. And that literally would happen after, after the flood. And the rules change on earth as well. Um, the one thing that Pleiadians pointed out, it's kind of funny, they point it out and they make me research about it. And they says, well, look, after the well famous flood, There was no gods coming down to the earth. They've been the prophets and they gave you, you, you know, the chance to do this on your own that nobody here will, you know, be bossing you. We all have a chance to come into the body and make those changes. I just think that the light beings make it a little bit more difficult for themselves. We make it more difficult for ourselves because we are saturating in the fears and the guilt and the shame which they may not have the other ones they just go with it
0: oh it's so fascinating to hear you speak about this and how you receive this information and then you go research it that's really fascinating you know when we were talking about this animal dna versus extraterrestrial dna that is literally in our genetics Yes. So how do we awaken extraterrestrial DNA within us and then identify? It really is an inner knowing that we connect in with. Explain how we can awaken this DNA.
1: I think it first comes with the forgiveness and acceptance. That I accept of who I am, that I am the mixture today. I'm not just a Pleiadian being. I have a and energy, but I'm a human as well. And I do carry my human DNA and I forgive myself for everything that I have done here. That good things and the bad things. We all who are here today have a good life, have a bad life, have a things that we regret, and have a things that we absolutely cherish. So, with acceptance, give that forgiveness to yourself. When you do it to yourself, you forgive everybody around you, and it creates this feeling of the uplifting. And then you say, "Okay, so I have a choice." I live in duality. There always be two parts within me. There always be the dark, and there always gonna be the light. I can choose what I want. So what if want to be more light? More light mean to accept my pleiadian energy. That comes with accepting all the fears, because the more light come here, that other polarity is gonna push at you as well. So the dark comes here, and by God, we've been here for so many thousands of years. There is a lot of it to go through. And by facing your fears and literally standing in the front of your mirror and says, OK, so I am a being of light. I am Pleiadian or Syrian. Does it going to hurt me to accept it? It's a simple acceptance. And then the love it about yourself. The love is the highest frequency that we are accepting here or that we, are, we have here on the earth. And it leads us into even higher frequency as peace and joy and that uh, ascension. But the love is a doorway. There's no really a magic that I wish that there would be, that would, you know, hold this crystal. That's all the reminder or the any attunement or everything. We all can do this ourselves. Everything around helps. Listening to language of light, following the people that you like, but not blindly. You need to believe in yourself. You really need to step in your energy and says, okay, I own it. I am a being of light. I, my, my ancestors are Pleiadians. I have lived there. I am Pleiadian. The, there, there's this trap of the woman living in the, in the Northern Europe, which used to call them the golden grandmothers, which I recently found about. I think there's been a lot of women tribes living that our history doesn't want to tell us about because that will make women powerful. Women more than they are, they are raising in our energy, right? And they say that the true power is within our soul. It's not within our body. So we do, you know, have our soul obviously in the body, but there's just this whole oversoul, a higher self that holds that oversoul, that holds the power, and we have to be brave enough, really go into that power, to go there and accept it. Now once again, there are the thorns on the way, and the worst part what I have learned is that we have put them there ourselves, through our suffering, and a so this dark side eventually knew that we will want to go there. That we, will, that we will figure it out. That we, you know, even talk the language is going to get confused and so much on. That we will figure it out that the powers within soul we want to go there. So they led us through so many lifetimes of the misery and suffering, not only to ourselves but to our family, our children. The good example is the witch trials years between. Nine to the 15th century that's been tremendously damaging to the soul and those are the days when we literally went you know to this pathway to our soul or i call it the uh, soul cave or the cave of creation and we went there and we says hey i'm gonna put this crystal here and i will remember never ever be the healer again because they cut my child in the front of me. They pulled the skin out. They did the horrible things because they knew that the eyes are the doorway to the soul. They knew that we're going to take that energy and bring it up there. And they didn't want us to know that we are the Pleiadians. We have a power of Syrians and Lyrans and, and all who we are. So be brave and face your fears. Accept of who you are. Everything that have happened... And walk on the pathway to life, to live. Uh, my great teacher told me, she says, whatever you do, do with love and integrity. What you, you know, speak, what you teach, you do. There is no that you have that great speech, your great thing, and you do not apply it yourself. And I was like, yeah, that's a good thing. And
0: <laughs> Yes, and that is the way of aloha as well. With love and integrity and all our words, it is on the breath. Well, thank you so much for this. I would love to talk about the work that you do with the meditations and activations. Perhaps we can do a process very quickly here so people can experience what it's like with you. It would be wonderful to experience that.
1: All right, let's do this. This is my favorite part of the work (laughs) to do so. So I'll guide you through this short meditations. We bring the Pleiadian energy in because that is really that embodiment of love. At least that's how I feel them. It's just this ball of love. And I'll speak the language of light. So we may ask for the activation of the light codes within us. So everybody who listened to us today... And I feel that they need that special activation. So there you have it. All right, let me guide you through this. Ready? All right. Let's take a deep breath in and release all the air out. Let's take one more deep breath in and let go of all your worries and all your expectations. One more deep breath in, and let everything go. Now imagine there's this beautiful golden light opening just about you. And this golden light, the energy will stream down and down and down. Feeling all your aura with this beautiful golden light, but how it spreads in the whole room where you are right now. And you can breathe this light in and out. We're going to call upon the Pleiadian's being. We call upon the highest available being from the love and light energies. And we also call upon our higher selves to connect with us today. That each of us has a beautiful ball of the energy just about you. And that's the source of your higher self. Now we're going to just take a deep breath in from that energy above and just breathe it out through every cell of your body, calming down. I'm going to speak the language of light. Sion telakalase alasete. Alas you. Tia halasonete. Tela to you alaka tela to you siona. Alright, now we're going to bring this light within our heart, in our heart chakra, and illuminate with this beautiful blue and pink energy. it is that you want to imagine, and imagine your heart chakra spread sideways, horizontally, like a beautiful ring around the planet that you are, and it stretches vertically up and up and up, like a shining star there, and we ask for your higher self to come a little bit closer. And we ask for the body of the human body to trust and to feel safe about this connection. And we ask for the light codes that are appropriate for the each of one who are listening today to come to activate that From your heart, from your energy, you reach in this energy about you. And the most appropriate activation light codes will be sent forward to you. Almost like a shining bright stars coming down in your energy, coming down in your heart chakra and activating your light body and light energy within you. If there's anybody who needs healing right now, ask your higher self to send you the light code for the healing of specific part of your body that you need. All right. Now we take this energy from the heart and we're going to push it through our bottom part of the body, through our feet and into the earth to ground this energy, to ground this higher self energy, your extraterrestrial energy. We ground it into the earth. The Lone Santiana said you may go all the way down to the earth until you see this big Atlantinian crystal. Your energy and your body will remember this crystal. And we pull that energy down there and ground that energy in the earth. So we can always bring it up and utilize it in our everyday lives. Now we put the light around. Bring all the energy back into the body. Back into heart. And I want you to notice in the current time, in the present time, how your body vibrates, how you are full of your own energy. How at the moment there's no fear. There's only feeling of love and peace and security. And every time you need to remember this feeling, just come to this moment. And feel how strong you feel right now. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, with us today. Pour the energy in. Stretch your legs and your arms, and come back.
0: A beautiful activation by Eva Marquez. Beautiful information today, a beautiful connection. What can we expect as we unpack those light codes or integrate them?
1: So what can we expect is the more clarity about who we are because we connected with our higher self. So after this or even prior days you can ask we can do it as many times you want just you know, move it. Listen the recording again. People can do it as many times as they want to, and every time they can pull a different light code. But it comes in those in that clarity of who I am. What is my next step? And then we ground that energy in the earth. The reason is that we want to make all this energy that we bring in ourselves really, really able to work for us. There's really no point of you know knowing I'm playing. It's really fascinating when I don't know what to do with it in the earth life so I was like okay you know I I, I cut the grass and I put the love in the cutting the grass and into yard work that I really really love that's that's what it does it sort of solidify that energy in it help you to remember of who you are and give you that ideas of how to apply it in my everyday life because if every single one of us would bring our light energy in everything that we do, whenever it is to raising the children, washing the dishes, making dinner, be a doctor, be a nurse, be a librarian, we would automatically encode everything with the light and the more light attracts to more light. So it awakens the light, your purpose, knowing who you are and uh, you attract more light.
0: Beautiful. Yes, yes, we can feel that. Yeah. We can feel that clarity as well. All right. So we are activated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eva. A beautiful process there. And it's so fascinating talking with you. I want to give you a moment to talk about the work that you present. You offer beautiful meditations full of healing energy and a deeper connection. And you've got this in your special offer for us. So take a moment and go over what that is.
1: Absolutely. So I wanted to create something new and exciting. <laughs> and of course, you know, it's something that I'm working with my clients all the time, but I was thinking how to pull it in a, in, in one program. So the first, the first program, it's called the Starseed Journey. And it doesn't matter if you are awakening Starseed or just coming to this, to this knowledge that Yay, I am a starseed. Are you doing this for a long time? Sometimes we need to take that step back and really work on that healing, personal healing and the soul healing to speed up our process, be in a service, be really good with our clients. So it is more a self, self explanatory or self, self work. So the first, uh, the meditations, the remembering, reconnecting, reawakening. It's just done in the language of light. All my meditations have language of light because once I start to speaking it, I cannot stop speaking it and it just feels good. And I see a progression with my clients, with myself when I'm using this kind of the energy. Then the second one to follow up with it is the energy alignment. So energy alignment is something that, uh, my guides works quite a lot with, with my clients and with myself when we taking our chakras and we align them, we weave them together with the meridian energy and then speak the language of life, put the three components together. We know that the tree is a catalyst. It's in the ancient texts that tree is a catalyst. So it's that weaving these energies together. The big purpose of the star-seed journey is bring you in that human body, really ground you in a in the present time. So you can carry on your job that you have to do, that you are not only in that dreamland and what I would like to do and think of that that dream you're gonna chase that never's gonna happen because you're always dreaming about it. Or living in the past and be just stuck there and be the victim or the oppressor and be always angry at something What's not happening. So from the angel alignment comes the starts the journey home. That's uh, something that we all like to sort of meet with our family, to connect with our DNA and really feel this. this is me, this is my home, this is where I used to live, but I'm here on the earth now. But have that conscious knowledge of it. Then the next step is to working with the Energy Power Center because we all have a special abilities. Maybe we should not call them special because it's normal, but yes, we are telepathic. We have a healing abilities. We have intuition. And it's time to really use it in the right way than just playing it when it's going to come, when it's not going to come. So there's a meditation to teach to work with the Energy Power Center. Um, my favorite one, Oh, they are all. I, I, I love all of my meditations. It's kind of funny because I listen all of my meditations whenever I need. But uh, past life soul healing journey is very important because the more we heal our past lives, the more we are better in the present time and more faster we move into the future. Past life works like sort of this uh, infinity number if you look at it. Here I am in 2017. If I can go 100 years back, which would be 1917, right? And I heal whatever trauma happened to my soul. What I mean the trauma to the soul, being killed in the war, we killed somebody or something really bad happened. There is what I would call those stones, or There is that energy bump, a problem that we brought back us into our cave of creation and we want to heal it. So we want to give ourselves peace. When we heal the past lives, we don't go into changing the timeline. Nobody can change the timeline. We can go there and we can be our own angel. We can't really sit there, stand there with us and say, okay, sweetie, you died. It was horrible. It was really bad. But you know what? You're going to be born again. And you're going to learn from this. And you're going to do this, this and that. The soul is eternal. It continues. It's just a life that was really bad. And so... If I go into 1917 and clear all that 100 years, that means that I clear 100 years ahead of me. The future is not solidified. Yes, we prepare ourselves all this kind of the really crazy triggers. But what if we can get ahead of us and heal them? And suddenly we become the creator. That's what we used to be in the ancient times when they used to call us gods. We were the creators and we can create, but we have to clear our past. So we can go as far... And I encourage everybody, go as far as the Atlantis and Lemuria and really take your guilt and guilt of the failure and everything that we had, which is not, doesn't even make a sense now, clear it and do the past life healing. Then the forgiveness, it is a big one. We we feel that we heal everything, we have a love, but I would say big problem that we have is that we have that secret feeling of the guilt, you know, I did this, I did that, oh my God, and The loving ourselves, forgiving ourselves, is a is a big one. The universal oh it was funny when I was when I was recording the past life journey I felt the Pleiadians like they were like okay let's record the universal love and meet Pleiadians journey. So we did that. And next part of the star sea journey, last one is the life mission. When everybody wonder, what is my life mission? What do I do? So I will guide you to go in your higher self and find out what is your next step. And it can change. We feel that today, you know, is the greatest thing to write a book. And once the book is written, we may feel that we are done. And we want to do something else. It is okay for mission to change, as long as you following what you what you are guided to. So. The star City journey, I would recommend do don't do all of them together. Do maybe one meditation a day. Take the time. Write down the journal. Write your experiences. Sponge it. Because language of light fasten up things. You may go through uh, huge releases and they are not always pleasant but they are absolutely great and needed for us to speed up on our journey. The Second program is the awakening of the language of light. It's something that people are asking me for the longest time. How can I learn to speak language of light? And when I ask my guys, how can you speak? How, how can anybody can speak the language of light? The answer is you listen. You listen somebody else to speak about it, and you, if you are ready, it will activate within you. So I made this almost. I think 45 minutes introduction about the language of light. And then next journey is the Atlantinian rainbow to really go and, and remind ourselves of that life that we had to remind that this is not our first life. And the last one is to connect with your higher self and uh, just to connect with your higher self again to remember ourselves about the language of light and Speaking with the language of light. That's a fun one because I will guide people to speak with me. When I recorded this, uh, I will say, speak back to me, and they're supposed to speak back to me.
0: Even if those are listening to it and they're not actually speaking with you, they could be... By listening to others do it, they're mm. going to be able to understand what's moving through them. That they're not just crazy. Yeah, sounding no, crazy. no, no, no. <laughs> you are not
1: crazy. You will feel it. See, I used to question the language of life in the beginning. I was like, oh, what is it? You know, I, I don't really. I'm also very logical. So I don't just want to blindly trust anything. And I always tell people, don't blindly trust anything tested. I was like, what if I saying something? bad or the weird or just making it up. But I would see when I when I started to speak it, I would see these huge changes within me. It has this you know, just some bubbling words don't have the energy effect on somebody when you speak the language of light. You know, some nonsense that you would make up. And this has that it, it has an effect. If it makes you cry, it makes you remember things. Uh-huh. I would I would uh well, my guys have this funny kind of the humor. Like I would remember, I would see the ankh in my vision while speaking the language of life. They says, oh, make it and use it for the healing as an amplifier. And then oh. I would watch the Egyptian, some, some documentary about Egypt, which I didn't watch too much before. And I would see the ankh that it's a well-known tool used in the Egypt. And I already had a hook and everything. I was like, Oh my God. And you know, I remember that without knowing it. And that's what the language of light does. It reminds you to think. It gives you the clues. It doesn't give you the step by step things. But when there, when it starts happening that you see that it's working in the most beautiful and positive way, then it's the real thing.
0: Well, I know there's many that would love to access this and bring it on, whether it's through drawing or painting or singing or even dancing. My goodness, all of this is wonderful. Well, thank you for that. And Eva, do you still do personal readings? Because I know that if you offer a personal reading with your package, you're going to have some takers on that.
1: Yes, I do. And yes.
0: All right. A personal reading with Eva. You could be part of the experience of Finding out about your starseed heritage yes. and the and the personalities. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Well thank you for including that. Again. Details are on your special offer button. Thank you. How long would a personal reading be?
1: Uh they usually last one hour. I have a half hour or one hour. I would if anybody's looking for the starseed, you know, exploration journey, I would say that one hour is good to cover.
0: Eva Marquez, beautiful, beautiful. Today, as we say goodbye, perhaps you want to share the single most important message from the Pleiadians as we say goodbye.
1: Oh, it has been a pleasure to talk with you, and I am very grateful. And now the Pleiadians are grateful for all this opportunity. Pleiadians see us this way; they says that we are sitting here and waiting. Everything has been linked together. Everything is connected. There is no no such a thing as a coincidence that we all think we found each other or how this can be true. We all need to believe in ourselves. We all have to find a kindness within our heart and look at each other as our galactic neighbors. As not somebody with the differences that we think we have, that we came from different countries, that we look different. We are all the same. Even though that the, our DNAs came from the different places, we have a one thing in a common, and that it is the earth. It is the place that we come back and back to, and it is a place that we can leave when we want to. But all we have to learn here is to raise from the fears to love. To find the purpose to live in this lifetime and making the best out of it. Once we leave this place, it doesn't matter if anybody remembers our names but it remembers the steps that we have done. If we would walk in the forest every single day and make a path through it, and they are not here anymore, there may be a child who will walk the same path or somebody else who may get lost in that forest. And just because we walk the path every single day, a person or the child will get on that path and will find his way or her way home. And so... Let's help each other to find a way home.
0: Helping each other to find our way home. We are all one and we are here. Beautiful message from the Pleiadians through Eva Marquez. Eva, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this quantum conversation. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for
1: having me here.
0: And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy!